Hello, how's it going? It's Vinti Firth here from Six Degrees Coaching and I am the host of the Authentic Youth Leadership Podcast and on today's show we have none other than Andy Hamilton. Andy works for Youth for Christ, the Blue Houses in Bally Southern and he is one amazing youth worker. I have had the privilege of working alongside him on a number of projects and each time I work with him. I'm blown away by his authenticity, by his connection with young people, by his intentionality. Ah, oh, he is so good at what he does. So my encouragement for you guys today is to sit back, relax, and soak in the wisdom of Andy Hamilton. Hello and welcome to Six Degrees podcast authentic youth leadership podcast uh, we have online via the wonders of the internet and zoom we have andy hamilton with us andy you're very very welcome good to see you here thanks Andy. good to be with you andy uh one of my one of my kind of memories of of you of two two main memories of you that kind of stand out oh dear <laughs> one is Gosh, um, six years ago maybe I was studying and you were studying and Andy, you were on placement in youth initiatives where where I work. Yeah, we're doing a lot of street work together and all that sort of stuff. But one day, I don't know how this happened. I got to read one of your essays for for uni. I remember reading it, going, "Oh my goodness, this is how you write an essay." So one of my first memories of you, Andy, is actually you teach me how to write. <laughs> See, I still haven't found me out for that. They're all plagiarised. <laughs> <laughs> so one, thanks very much for teaching me how to write, Andy, in my last year of university. That uh, that was very helpful. Um, and the other memory that I have uh, of you, Andy, is um, probably last year. It was last year. We were all the way on a on a youth weekend, so Bally Southern Youth for Christ and YI and Youth Link in the on a partnership yep. program. We went up to uh, Greenhill YMCA, and there's Thanks lots and shout out for the YMCA there. Absolutely, I'm trying to see how many youth organisations I can get in yeah. uh, this introduction. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we, uh, I don't know. Gosh, I think there was with 30, 40 young people there, and we were all. Um, it was lunchtime, we're all queuing up for lunch. I'm like, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. You know, you have to let the young people go first and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we were standing beside each other at lunch and, and uh, I, I kind of, the queue moved up a little bit. And you had, ah, oh, they'll be back in a second. And you jumped down a few young, to a few young people behind me. And you were sitting chatting away with them and you were getting the card tricks out and all that <laughs> But you never came back. <laughs> that's that's not my point. Yeah, are you my pulling point? me up on this now? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I just I talk about this now when I'm delivering training. Um, this is what you did. You stayed in that line until all the young people got their lunch, and you talked to young people as they went up for as they were getting their lunch. And as soon as you kind of got up to the top, you worked yourself back down and you were just chatting to young people that whole time. And it just reminded me of how in youth work, 
you got to seize those moments and seize those opportunities of engagement and not only seize them, but be really intentional. So that's, that's the other kind of memory I have of you of how intentional you were. And I kind of, it kind of made me think, Hmm, maybe I should do a little bit more of that. <laughs> so, so you made me pull my socks up on that residential. That's very, very generous of you to think something. Um, so there's, there's two memories. So the, I won't show the embarrassing kind of stories that I, that I, that I have. But yeah, save them on the lawyer. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, to start off with, because you're uh, a youth worker and uh, so am I, I thought it would be great to do a little, ease us in to our conversation a little bit. And thought it'd be good to do a few would you rather questions. Love it. Can't wait a bit of would you rather. Absolutely. Um, so I just pulled them up on the internet and I've no idea. <laughs> I've no this, idea. This could be dangerous. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but you know what? You might, Andy, you might be getting away with this because my internet just stopped and it's not bringing it up. I brought up the British Prime Minister. <laughs> okay. That is dangerous. I think we're here. I think we're here. Oh, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, so we'll put a we'll put a 30, 30 second timer on this. Okay. And my thirty seconds are notoriously long, <laughs> so we'll go quick fire. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Would you rather go about your normal day naked, or sleep for a year? Oh, definitely sleep for a year. <laughs> no question. I was, I was sleeping naked as well for that year. <laughs> um, okay, would you would you rather be hairy all over or completely bald? Oh, hairy all over. <laughs> right. Which, mental images there. Uh, would you rather be invisible or be able to read minds? Oh, reading minds. I love to read mm. Would you rather end hunger or hatred? And oh, and hunger. And hunger. Would you rather be stranded on an island alone or with someone you hate? Oh, definitely alone. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be wrong of me to ask who you hate, wouldn't it? Uh, well, there's a whole <laughs> list of people. <laughs> Would you rather forget who you were or who everyone else was? Oh, yeah, everyone else was. Mm. Okay. That's deep, like. That's uh, as deep. We're getting into <laughs> the deep space here. Um, would you rather never use the internet again or never watch TV again? Never watch TV. Because you watch TV on the internet. No, get the Netflix <laughs> fire up you're laughing. You've got to think about these things. Uh, okay, last couple, because 30 seconds are bound to be over, but I'm just enjoying this so much. Uh, would you rather not be able to use your phone or your email? Uh, email. Would you rather ski lodge or surf camp? Oh, surf camp. <laughs> so I, I can't read this one. So I, <laughs> I'll ask you one after this okay. the podcast, man. It's after ours, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I think we're going to end there because now I'm in the uh, dodgy territory. And... Uh, <laughs> There's certain things that you just cannot ask. Okay. Um, Andy, so we're, we kind of want to get to know you a little bit, so that gave us a wee, a wee insight <laughs> into uh, your quick fire mind. <laughs> but Andy, uh, 
tell us, tell us a wee bit about yourself. Who are you? Where did you grow up? Age, all that sort of stuff. Cool. I uh, grew up in Bangor, born and raised. Shout out to all the Bangorians. Um, yeah, my to one. Oh yeah, sorry, I don't know. I mean, it was from Bangor. There we go. Uh, all the good people come from Bangor. That's exactly what she says. Well, <laughs> must be true then. And um, went to Ballyhome Primary School and then Bangor Grammar School. Uh, loved those two schools. And I'm now 26, living in Belfast. Um, Working in Ballyshalanya for Christ as a youth worker. Been working there four years. Uh, absolutely love that. And studied at Jordanstown. Did the youth work degree there. Um, and that was a really brilliant three years. Uh, really formative for me. Um, and I really highly recommend that that course. And play a bit of hockey. Now and again, recreationally, still playing, kind of came out of early retirement and uh, (laughs) gave it another season this year, but um, love running as well, love any kind of sports, Um, not very good at any of them, but love just getting stuck in, running about, Mm. and team sports with people, having a bit of a laugh. And when you're playing hockey, Andy, I I know absolutely nothing about about hockey, so what position do you play? Um, they play in midfield, so like centre mid or left or right mid. Okay. What What's the position in hockey that everybody wants? What's the glory position? Um, people like playing up front, getting the goals in, banging a few yeah. goals in. Okay. Yeah, that was never me. I can't hit a ball in hockey. So. <laughs> what, what's your skill in hockey, man? What's your, what's your strength? What my, are your skill, my skill in any sport is being able to run longer than most other people. So it usually yeah. comes into play in the second half. And that I'm any use to anyone. Okay. So I'm not much of a skills person, but stamina. Yeah. Covers yeah. a multitude of uh, lack of skill. You, you, you run a marathon. Was it last year? Ran a marathon? Yep. Well, ran, walked, crawled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Made it a bit in the end. Made it in the end. So, stamina, um, that's a hard word for me to say for some reason. Stamina <laughs> is uh, your strength that you bring to the team. Uh, yes, yeah. Very, very good. And in terms of your kind of youth work uh, career, Andy, how long have you been involved in, in youth work? Um, probably since I was fourth year in school would have been the first real opportunity I had to uh, do some youth work, leading on um, camps with school, um, scripture union camps. That uh, for me would have been the start of. Um, doing youth work and leading with younger young people than I was at that stage uh, and also through church doing Easter clubs and summer clubs um, and then that developed uh, um, volunteering with Valley Sony for Christ where I'm now working so I was uh, lower six Dave Cavan brought a team of us from Valley Home Parish up the ballet on you for Christ, bit of a clash of uh, cultures and backgrounds, which yeah. was absolutely brilliant, yeah, an eye opening for everyone. 
uh, and on the back of that, a few of us decided we wanted to continue fo- volunteering in the drop-in centre there. So it was a different style and kind of youth work um, that I've been used to in a more church-based and scripture union context. Um, hmm. I think that's where that was the time I really started falling in love with doing youth work and getting a vision for the difference and impact that it, that it has um, based in a community setting. Hmm. So take us back and, and tell us a little bit, Andy, like if we went back in time we were to meet Andy who was getting involved in Scripture Union uh, and the kind of camps and leading a little a, a bit of uh, those guys that were younger than you. Tell us, tell us who we would meet. Describe that Andy Hamilton back then. That's good. Um, I was quite shy when I was younger. Um, I told someone that recently and they laughed, which I guess means that I'm not viewed as shy anymore. But <laughs> back then, I would have been uh, a bit quieter than I am now. Uh, and leading at those things and being part of a team there is, was partly where I kind of found a space to discover who I was and, um, yeah, find my identity um, and feel really significant and feel like I had something to offer alongside other people. So um, those camps, things like um, Moffat that we did with Bangor Grammar, which was a week um, long summer camp uh, over in Scotland um, and weekends away to Murloc Close where we take year eights and nines um, and do um, loads of activities and some faith-based stuff there with them and um, being part of those teams with older uh, people than me um, as well as my peers was something that was really significant uh, felt like I really fit in there um, whereas wasn't so confident in myself in other kind of school contexts or whatever and um, that was really formative for me I guess mm. and in terms of I think I think what you're highlighting there is kind of really important as in, in life but in leadership as well around your identity and who you, who you are and who you kind of see yourself as and who you think you are and all that kind, yeah. of, kind of stuff and you're saying from a relatively young age you kind of experienced a sense of who you were or you were certainly exploring it yeah definitely and um, have to give a shout out to Dave Cavins uh, who has been massive in my journey of life and <laughs> um, meeting him and having him journey alongside me and speak words of truth and encouragement were me and when I was fourth year we started going along to a youth group that he was leading up in Ballyhome Parish um, and during those next couple of years um, he was able to challenge some of the negative views that I would have held about myself and highlight the real positive and the things that I had to offer and the things that he's seen in me. Um, and so that was uh, a really important time and has developed into a friendship where that continues to happen. And um, 
very graciously that he's made that a two-way thing and I made that a two-way thing early on and so it, um, it, it wasn't like Dave was some kind of guru giving me advice um, but he was willing to learn from me as well and that was important and that's yeah that, that really speaks uh, true to me there around being willing to learn from young people mm. and sometimes I think as youth workers we, we kind of have this overriding kind of thought or impression I'm not sure what the right word is of I have a lot to give yeah. I need to give, I want to give, I want to change the life of young people. <laughs> and and sometimes I think actually there's something powerful in that and there's something really true in that. We do have something to give and we do have something to offer. But we also have a lot to learn. Yeah. And I think coming into um, a relationship is always a two-way thing. Completely. You know, and um, it strikes me that Dave Cavan was able to to know that and notice that quite early on and it, it's had an impact on you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, for me, that's, that's massive. Your work is all about relationship. The foundation of it is relationship for any learning to take place. Um, and if it isn't felt that that is a two-way thing, then it's not a very healthy relationship, I guess. Mm. And obviously there's ethical kind of boundaries and all that other lovely stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, you consider yeah. in your relationships with young people. But the essence of it is your attitude as a worker. Yeah. You know, and there's... Yes, are you coming from? One of the things that interests me a lot is, and I know you would talk about it as well, the power dynamics in those relationships and being willing to learn from someone um, really balances out any sense of um, that power dynamic um, in terms of, I guess it's a bit of a theory in education anyway, that the the model where the teacher has all the um, answers and pours that into the learner um, isn't the best learning relationship actually where it's a two-way thing where both sides recognize they have something to learn and something to to give is, hmm. is the best way. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, three, you know, you're describing the Andy Hamilton um kind of early early experiences um and the Andy Hamilton who was maybe a little bit shy and then you know had these wonderful experiences of of leadership and and a and a person journeying beside him and you sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> um journeying beside you and speaking words of truth and and um just investing in a relationship uh, yeah I'm wondering. I'm wondering what was your what was your view of youth work back then? What was your, what were, and, and leadership like? What did you think you were doing? It's maybe yeah, 
um, very different from now, very different from before I went to university and um, seeing that euphoria takes place in a whole load of different contexts. Um, all I knew of it was church-based stuff and then the things I was involved in with Scripture Union and lots of residential-based things. And, and well, I think it was all about. And I think then, for me, it was about bringing people together. And it was about bringing in people who felt on the fringes to feel part of something bigger. And it was about challenging those who um, maybe wouldn't necessarily interact with people that they felt weren't cool enough or were too different and looking at how we bring this whole mix of people together and recognize that they have something in common and, and that there's something amazing about joining in together with people that you, you wouldn't usually do that with. Um, I think that's what I was really focusing on when I was being a leader, even at that young stage. Mm. Where, where did that come from for you, Andy? Um, because I guess the reason I'm asking that question is I'm kind of reflecting a little bit on my, my own experience. Um, and in you know I was a volunteer um, in youth initiatives in the organisation I work in now, and my because my starting point was slightly different to yours. But when I was volunteering, I was I I just thought that was kicking a ball about or standing mm. up the front telling people telling people off but what you're describing is there were, you had a, there was a deeper kind of understanding of what was what was going on or yeah I guess it, a big part of it for me and continues to be is my faith so and I honestly can't remember a time where I didn't like believe in God but then when I was first year and decided that I really intentionally wanted to discover more about what it was to follow Jesus and then when I met Dave when I was fourth year he really helped me expand my view of what Christianity was and really emphasized with um, our youth group modeled out with our youth group as well that looking out for those who are on the fringes and that's what Jesus was about yeah being being present with people, especially those who felt that they weren't worthy of having someone to take time to listen to them and and to talk to them. And so that was making up a lot of the way I was seeing the world at that stage and, and has continued to. And I'm really grateful for that. And I think I brought that then into when we were doing even kids clubs it was walking into the room and saying who's the kid here who doesn't feel part of this and how can we bring them in um, and make them feel like they're special um, and they're they're seen and they're heard and maybe a little bit from my experience as well like it's never bullied or anything at school um, and I'm not really sure where it came from but there was definitely times that I just felt a little bit insignificant or 
was very aware I wasn't the cool kid, was very aware I wasn't rolling with the, the cool guys. Um, <laughs> and um, and then I would have had older people, especially when I started getting involved with the scripture union stuff, older guys in the school who would have been making the time to come and chat with me. And so I was kind of looking to model that out again to, to younger ones. And I'm kind of, the question going on in my head right now, Andy, is, is around just push, I want to push the conversation slightly in, a, in another direction. Yeah. Um, and I'm conscious that a lot of the time in, in our leadership journey, there's, there can be defining moments um, in our journey where we f- understand something more fully or mm. something comes more fully alive in us. And sometimes it can be a challenge that we overcome. Sometimes it can be <laughs> a really crap experience <laughs> where we've done something wrong, but we come out the other side and we go, I've learned so much here. I'm wondering for you in, in your journey of leadership and working with young people, have there been any like defining moments where something's just clicked for you or you've understood something in a new way or there's been a, a fresh revelation of, of something? Um, the final moment that I would go to quite a lot is um, one of the first, it was the first week, I volunteered with the Ballyhome Parish team up at Ballysalonga for Christ um, and a group of maybe 15 of us and we were delivering a week-long um, drop-in program uh, with the guys out in Ballysalon and what that looked like was each night um, the centre would have been opened up uh, we would be all in and just hung out with the young people playing pool, playing table tennis and uh, drinking hot chocolate together or whatever, doing big group games and stuff. <coughs> and uh, I remember just feeling so out of my depth there. Um, wasn't too much older than the young people who had been coming in and felt like it was a real struggle to engage with them. And yeah, I just even felt like I wasn't really getting their banter and wasn't able to banter about with them the way maybe some of the other guys in the team were. And but I was really trying. I, mean, I actually remember uh, we were staying in this church hall, like praying before I went up and just going like, God, help me like interact with these guys, help me engage with them. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Uh, and I got to the end of the week and uh, it was a Friday night we had everyone in the room together and um, Dave and Pete and Miriam who were leading the team were said, does anyone want to come up and encourage someone? Um, and there was this awkward long pause and silence and no one was moving. And then eventually uh, this kid Jack um, gets up takes a mic and Jack was probably one of the more challenging young people that uh, the guys who worked with in the Blue Houses, he'd probably admit that himself now. <laughs> um, and he said, oh, Andy, I want to encourage you. Uh, you've just been really dead on coming and chatting to us and playing pool. And I was completely taken aback. Like, I was not expecting this at all. Um, and it was 
yeah, I guess that moment uh, it was a realization that um, it's okay to feel like you don't know what you're doing. Just being with people is okay. Just want them to get to know them. Um, and just being yourself is okay. You don't have to try and change to fit into the, the culture that's already there. Just be myself and do what I know to do, which is to care for people and chat to them and take an interest in them. Um, that was enough. Um, so yeah, I would return to that moment quite a lot. Uh, I think that's what really made me keep going back to, to the Blue Houses. And again, really significant because that came from a young person who you might have least expected to um, have the courage to get up in a room full of people uh, and say something kind. So. Mm. That's, that's a powerful story. It's a powerful kind of moment to, to treasure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm reminded of, reminded of, you know, conversations that I've had with, with these workers who are at the beginning of their journey and he, or maybe, well, a couple of things I'm reminded of. One is sometimes how in our leadership we can compare ourselves to other people mm-hmm. maybe further on down the road a little bit. Um, and, you know, that idea that of comparison really steals something and robs something of us um, when we're yeah. trying to be someone who we're not. So I think your story reminds, just as a, a lovely reminder of actually entering into a place, um, a situation, and being yourself is always enough. Yeah, you know, um, when you're able to really one be present, and there's another dynamic actually that um, I don't want to brush over, which is actually uh, you know the the God aspect here, where you're where you're crying out, going, God, I just don't know, mm-hmm. I just don't know, yeah, you know, um, and that seems to be a, I guess a re- reoccurring kind of theme or thing for for you, you know, yeah. go up being involved in, in your work. Yeah. Um so tell us a wee bit, you know, you've you've mentioned a few times, you know, you're you're up in Ballysillan now and that's kind of where your journey started. So tell us a wee bit about Ballysillan um and the work you guys do. Um yeah. Uh we Deliver a lot of drop-in work. Um, we're set up as a drop-in centre and our two kind of key programmes are Monday and a Tuesday night where we do a junior drop-in for P4 to P7 and then senior drop-in on the Tuesdays, first year up. Um, around that we deliver um, boys groups and girls groups uh, and mixed groups looking at different topics and issue-based things. Do a lot of one-to-one mentoring um, with young people, and would have connections with Ballyhill Primary School and Cars Glen, going in and delivering RE lessons and football coaching, uh, and then with the girls and boys model, would be in and out from time to time, delivering stuff in there, and just start doing some street work as well <laughs> on Friday night. Um, what we do, we couldn't do without. 
an incredible team of volunteers who get involved and get what it's all about and serve the young people um, and our volunteer team and our staff team the dynamic there is really important that's something we focus a lot of time on investing in um, and that's brilliant I think at the end of a Monday and a Tuesday night we do a, a round up with our volunteers and debrief the night uh, and it's in those moments I just feel the freedom to be completely myself and that again is something I attribute to working on Valley Hill and being part of that team uh, which is a real positive uh, and I think other people would say the same thing that they feel the freedom to be completely themselves so our focus is on building community uh, we, we model that out and what we do with ourselves in terms of the leadership team um, where uh, we've joked a couple of times that we have cry clubs during our team meetings uh, cry club cry club <laughs> uh, because uh, yeah there's there's sometimes a few tears uh, well uh, that's people sharing what's going on in life uh, and some of the difficulties and challenges well uh, that's reflecting on the night and just really struggling with a young person and feeling a bit hopeless and helpless and that um, lots of laughter as well so as we model that out with the leadership team that's um, uh, an environment that we create with the young people as well um, one of our biggest things I think is just being available to people so young people know they can call in if they need a chat about something and well that's have just stormed out of their job and they want to come around and um, have someone to vent to or they've been thrown out of school and they come around um, or they've got something to celebrate they've got a new job and they want to come around and tell us all about it you know, a whole host of things just being being present being available to people um, and yeah well one of the things that we've developed we've been there over I think next year is our 25th anniversary of the, Blue Houses being in Bally Hill, which is exciting stuff. Watch this space, there might be <laughs> some, some uh, celebrations on the back of that. Oh, sure. um, so people know us, parents who used to come to the Blue Houses now send their children <sighs> um, and the relationship we have with parents as well is um, really special, uh, unique at times as well. Um, mm that helps our youth work, that helps mm. us being the one in the community. Uh, Andy, tell us a little bit about, just for people who aren't aware of where Ballysillan is and uh, mm-hmm. the community and the, the kind of makeup of the community. Give us a wee flavour of, if you were to walk in, into Ballysillan, mm. never experienced Ballysillan before, what are the types of things, obviously it's, it's subjective, like, but yeah. the types of things you would see and notice and... Um, yeah, so it's in North Belfast, um, very loyalist community. Um, you come up on the 12th, you'll see plenty of uh, Union flags out. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of old houses, um, small houses, um, people who would probably describe themselves as being working class. Um, 
typical issues that uh, are fairly prevalent are things like drug and alcohol use. Education is a, a big challenge for, for the young people that we work with, really struggling to engage in school um, or find their place in school. Um, a lot of single parent families. Um, yeah, a lot of young people growing up with just one parent or not seeing their biological parents, things like that. Um, there's a fair amount of areas that are run down and empty spaces and wasteland. Um, so it's a place that doesn't seem to uh, always get priority for um, things like um, new developments or positive, uh, yeah, positive developments as well. So Andy, what 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 motivate motivates you to go up and engage there? Um, What's it about for you? Yeah, have to be careful here because sometimes it can sound like yeah, you're you see yourself as going into somewhere to um, try and help those less fortunate, and mm. I really don't say it like that. And why there? I think it's just random there. I think it's where uh, I started engaging when I was younger and fell in love with it then. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's something about being in a community that experiences lots of disadvantages um, that feels like it's important to serve there. And I think that's what draws me in Beaufort terms to communities that are experiencing multiple deprivation or whatever way you want to describe it. And I really recognize the positive impact that Beaufort has. And so I see the Blue Houses in Ballysill and it's being one of the places that helps young people overcome the barriers that um, that they're born into. Mm. And they, I, I'm really curious about, like when I when I speak to you and about youth work, um, and I, you've got a real insight into. <clears throat> I'm going to say traditional youth work, but relational kind of. You know, you mentioned there about being involved in community, being embedded in community. Mm. It's all about relationship. It's all about connection. Not to me, really, just echoes my belief about what what good youth work is is about. Um, and obviously, there's a whole kind of other side to it, which is around you know developing com- community, and there's a skill set that goes with um, l- leadership in that sense. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering for for you, Andy. In terms of your your leadership, where do you see where do you see your strengths kind of lie in and what you bring in in your leadership? 
Sounds like a job interview question. <laughs> no, <but> nice. <laughs> that's three points, really good with examples. <laughs> Strengths and leadership. Um, I guess how I see leadership is going with the people that you are leading um, and that that we've mentioned already, that two-way relationship. Um, Maybe servant leadership would be the the title that I would most resonate with. Um, So the strengths from that are that you're um, working out of a place of genuine concern and love for the people that you're working with uh, and I think that's important and what that looks like is you make time for people making time for people is always the, the trump card so if a, a board report needs done and someone calls at the door and one o'clock that night I'll be sitting the word report because it's more important that um, you make time for the person that I think has strengths like everything your strengths can be your weaknesses as well the weakness of that is managing time well and what happens to those other things that need done if you're constantly with people so there's challenges there to be sure um, and yeah, I think, yeah, great strength is just getting alongside people. Um, and making people feel listened to. Um, and that can be useful, especially in situations where there's disagreements and there's fallouts. If you can listen to both sides and mm-hmm. help other people uh, see the other side of the, the story and that can be useful and bring in some resolutions mm. I'm kind of wondering Andy you know someone who's at maybe the the beginning of their journey or they're they're struggling in their their leadership you know you mentioned there about um, balance <laughs> and uh, I think sometimes in, in youth work we can give so much of ourselves. It's it's a relational investment. So there's a lot of giving of yourself and there's a lot of emotion and there's a lot of um, kind of energy in terms of um, really connecting with other people that's, that's given. Mm-hmm. And often I'm struck that I'm not convinced that we are often good at restoring or refreshing ourselves. Um, so I'm wondering what that has looked like for you in your leadership. Yes, we're not good at that. That's uh, definitely something that is a challenge and something that needs to be taken seriously by your workers. And for me, what that looks like is making time to hang out with friends. And having time which I know I can just switch off Um, having days where I literally do nothing I'm not feeling guilty about that Um, be okay with that and 
yeah, I think the balance for me is um, making sure there's there's times where I know that I'm going to be hanging out with mates and I can switch off and it's just don't need to worry about what's going on at work can just chill out um, sometimes uh, things become less and less and that's when the alarm bells need to start going off when you look at your weeks ahead and you're not having any time to do the things that you love doing um, even things like looking after our own health and so for me it's like I love going out for runs and when I haven't had time to go for a run or haven't had the motivation to go for a run in a while it's maybe because I'm spending too much time feeling I need to give out at work or in other places and they decide myself catch yourself on <laughs> place isn't gonna uh, fall down without you being there for an afternoon because you're gonna go and hang out with your friend instead mm. so there's a there's a balance there and it's, there's a danger there as well but um, it, where it seems like we are being very sacrificial and we're giving of ourselves but the other narrative there is that you feel you're indispensable, you feel like you need to be there, you feel like everything relies on you. Yeah. And that's a negative, uh, yeah, negative narrative of that. What to other people can look like, oh, he's so sacrificial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at times I need to catch myself on doing that and say, take yourself off and do something else in terms of you and kind of what one of the things that i'm kind of struck by is that the more i kind of chat to 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 leaders the more aware i'm becoming of that the best leaders in inverted commas often have a very clear sense of who they are have a very clear sense of um kind of their strengths and their weaknesses and their values yeah. and their beliefs and but one of the, one of the things that i can kind of think that makes leaders stand out is their sense of calling or their sense of purpose behind their their leadership so i'm wondering for you, for you Andy, you know what would you say that your sense of your your purpose behind your leadership is? Um, I guess yeah, it's, it is a desire to serve other people. Mm. It's recognizing what I have to contribute and saying, okay, that's that's contribute this and it's about wanting to create environments and spaces where people can feel safe and discover 
who they are uh, a little bit like was my experience of, of growing up and continues to be my experience in Valley Sonia for Christ. It's like, and this is a real, um, really good and healthy environment we have here where people um, start to discover life in all its fullness. I think that's probably where um, where I would go to um, and speaking from a spiritual sense and a faith-based sense would be that idea of experiencing life in all its fullness. That's my that's my longing and my feeling is life is such a gift and there's certain times in life we're all reminded of how much of a gift this life is um, and in my leadership I want to be leading people to experience that in its fullness. Andy listen um, I could actually chat to you all day because of a hundred more other kind of questions <laughs> that I want to ask um, but uh, we don't have all day. And, uh, <laughs> Five-hour podcasts aren't great. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're going to call it we're going to call it a a, a day there, Andy. And I just want to say a massive thank you um, for your vulnerability, for your wisdom, for your insight, um, and just for your willingness to to hop on here and share a little bit of your experience for other people. So thank you, really appreciate it. And not a problem anytime. Uh, guys thanks so much for for tuning in um if you like uh, what we're doing um on the podcast please uh share what we're doing get other people involved and um, if you're interested in um, who i am what i'm about um, hop online get on facebook look for six degrees coaching um, or check out our, our website which is six degrees youth coaching and i'll give you lots of information about how you can get involved in, in the work that we're doing but um we're here to serve you guys so if you have any ideas or things that you would like us to explore um, whether that's interviews with other people or whether that's certain topics that as youth workers you would love to find out a little bit more about then um, send us an email send us a private message on facebook or a, a pigeon or something just let us know that would be great guys thanks very much for tuning in and we will uh, speak very soon. Bye-bye.